speak about the halachas of Muktza on Shabbos. It's a topic people speak about but do nothing about. Okay? What was the reason of the Zayar of Muktza? Firstly, the Rambam in Hilchah Shabbos Perech of Bed gives two reasons. One is that Chazal created a, a series of Gezerot of Muktza. And I, I remember uh, the Rav Zatzal once mentioning that, you know, people think, oh, there's a Gezerot of Muktza. It's a series of different Gezerot that, that, that happened at different times. But the idea behind them was, according to the Rambam, to help preserve the nature or the, the, the character of the day of Shabbat. In order that people not look towards Shabbat as a, a free day, that they could do certain tasks that perhaps aren't technically a malacha, and they'll free up their day to do those things, like you know, clearing out your your shed or or you clean, cleaning your barn or etc. etc. And the second reason the Rambam gives the Zerud of Muktza is chash that perhaps someone might come to do a malacha. And therefore they safeguarded, they created a geder or a, a guard around the Lamatet Malachot by creating some of the Xerot of Muktza to safeguard the, the, the Malachot Deraita. The Ravid adds on a different reason and says that the Xerot is because of a chash of Hotsam Yerushut In other words, the Ravid understands that Chazal, by making us more careful as to what we can move and what we can move, a Jew is always aware He's always catching himself. Am I allowed to move this on Shabbos? Am I not move this on Shabbos? So that will make, make him more aware, and as a result, he won't be over on the Isser of Hotzah. Okay, those are the reasons. Those are the Tamei, the Tamei Hagazerot. Before I start in, in going into the specific types of Muktzah, I'd like to review um, certain concepts or nomenclature of Muktzah itself. One term is called Lutzar uh, Gufal, Tiltul Lutzar Gufal. Tiltul means to move something. And muktzah, the issue of muktzah is not to touch it, but rather actually moving it from, from its location, maybe even pivoting it. Now, it is relevant as to what your motive is to move an ab- that, a particular object. Um, and if you move something with sort of gufo, so you're moving it for the needs of that object. As an example, if you left your phone, your, your cell phone on the porch, uh, and, and then... On Shabbos afternoon, you realize, oh, I left it on the porch, and it's going to get rained on, or something like that. I better move it in. That would be it's the tiltul tzorah gufa. We'll discuss, you know, what that eastern heter is, but that's an example of tiltul tzorah gufa. If you left your cell phone um, on the table and you wanted to set the Shabbos table, or you wanted the area to learn uh, on that spot, you want to put down books on that spot. So that would be tiltul tzorah mekomo. So you need that spot. And lastly, you have tiltul tzorach tashmisho, which is straightforward to, to move something for the purpose, for its normal purpose. In other words, to move a hammer to, uh, to, to, to bang something, so to speak. You could also have a tiltul when you move a hammer, not to bang something, but to use a hammer as a paperweight. Tzorach atzmo, for the mass of it, but not its normal function of that object. Now, that has to do with the motives of, of why you're moving it. There are also different types of moving. There's the normal, straightforward type of just stam tiltul, regular tiltul, in which you use your hand, you pick something up, and you move it the way you normally would move it. Uh, you also have tiltul kalachayad. Tiltul kalachayad means, literally, it means to backhandedly push something. So the best example would be to push something like this, to move something like this with the back of your hand, 
rather than actually picking it up with your hand or your fingers and placing it somewhere else. That's called tilt tilt but um, using your elbow, using other parts of your body would also be considered the tilt tilt and we will discuss again what time, when is it mutu, when is it also, etc. Tiltul min hatsad, actually, you know what, I'll, I'll spill the beans on that. Tiltul kachayad is mutter b'choltzar, for anything. Tiltul kachayad is always mutter. You kick it, you see something on the floor and just kick it, assuming that you don't have a problem of being ma'avid al-ramur, it's not Richard Ramur, it's, it's in your house. That's kachayad. Tiltul min hatsad is when I take a different object, like a safer, let's say, in my hand, and I use the safer to push my cell phone, or to push the muqtza object. That's called tiltul min hatsad, meaning I'm not using my hand or my body directly to move it. I'm moving it indirectly by moving a different object. And that type of tiltul is only mutter if it's tiltul with sartavar hamutar. So as an example, if I'm worried that my cell phone is going to get ruined by some you know, little kid that, that's uh, crawling around the house and I want to kick it underneath the couch so that the kid won't find it or won't reach it, so I could kick it under the couch, even though it's the Tzorcha Dabra Mokza, which is the cell phone. Um, if, however, I wanted to use a safer to move it, if it was for the need of saving the, the Dabra Mokza, I wouldn't be able to do Tiltum and for that. You couldn't use a safer to push that out of the way. Okay, um, another thing that I think is important to know before we get started is Beinashmashot. In other words, once the sun sets, uh, is is the time that's koveya for whether something is going to be considered muktzah of Shabbat or not considered muktzah of Shabbat. And now, yes, you have a question? About moving an object like this. You're like not moving it like this, you're not pushing it, you're grabbing it. Like... Weird. I would say still that if you pick it up with your fingers, that's considered regular tool, that's not called minatzah. Once you've used your fingers, even if you use your fingers this way, I would say if you use, you pick up things like this. But... Is there a way to the gym for it? What? Yeah. 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 So shi is a word that's used for doing malach. Do malach with a shinui, different finger, whatever that would be. But when we're talking about tiltul, if I pick something up with fingers, two fingers, I don't think if it makes a difference if using your thumb and your index finger or your thumb and your pinky. You know, that's called tiltul. All right. Now let me ask you: How many different types of muksa do you suppose there are? Lots would be correct. You got seven. Do I have? Does anyone? Thirty-nine is a bit high. There are some achroinim that that counts up up to twenty-one, but obviously that's just a question of how many subcategories you want to make. We're going to talk about um, ten different types of moksa right now. Okay, at the end we'll give extra hetairim for extra credit. Um, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about the ten types. I'm going to go from the most chamur to less chamur because there are different levels of chumra when it comes to muktzah. The first type is called muktzah machmat chisaron kis. Muktzah machmat chisaron kis basically means if a person has an object that has value and as a result he puts it aside, he puts it in a special case so that it doesn't come, become damaged or stolen, but that, you know, he normally puts it away. That's what he normally does. So, that's, that, what happens is before Shabbos, when he puts it away, he's actively um, separating himself from use for, with, with that object on Shabbat. 
And because of that act, activism, or that, that act of pushing it out of your domain, so to speak, that's why it's the most humble form of, of mukta. So an example of mukta kis would be, let's say, a, a moel's knife or a shochet's knife, a sharp knife that has a case. You don't want it to become nicked. You don't become damaged. But it's not limited to that. You know, so it could be a very delicate piece of art or a rare stamp or something like that that you put into a separate case or you put it somewhere because it's delicate and you you, don't ten, you have a tendency of not wanting to leave it out because it might get damaged. I was saying how I know the kid is cut here. You're saying basically it's a because of value. If people keep it under lock and key because of its value... And they don't use it on Shabbos. In other words, if it's a, if you have, let's say, a silver cabinet, you just happen to have a key to it because you lock it all the time. But you're constantly taking stuff from it out of Shabbos. So I wouldn't say that locking the cabinet is being dolchet, machman chisar kiss. But uh, again, you're talking about something that normally you put away because you don't want it to get damaged, and you put it away before Shabbos, and you had no no intention to use it on Shabbos. locking makes the most of all it's not the locking as much as, as the way you relate to it. No, again, it's an object that the nature of the object is, you know, one that you constantly are putting away and trying to be careful for. Um, yeah, so some, some posts can hold that something like silver candlesticks would be kiss. Some hold that. But I mean, the example normally given is a shalchitz knife, a mule knife. Let's say you have a, I don't know, a collector's, a collector's item that's in its own case. Um, that, that would be muktzmachasar and kiss. There are even some achronim that say shmura matzah on the Shabbos before Pesach. It's, it's so delicate and it, it's worth so much more when it's whole as opposed to being broken. It's also considered muktzmachasar and kiss. Now, what's the halacha of these things? Number one, you can't be metalpolit, even gufo and even lezorach makomo. Even the gufo or even the tzachim Meaning, I think I, I, I might have mixed the terms um, when I gave the introduction. Gufo means, and I, was, I want to use the mass of it. Atzmo means, and I want to use the object. Even if I wanted to use it as, as a paperweight, I wouldn't be able to use it on Shabbat. And even if it was on the table and I needed this the makom, I wouldn't be able to move something that's milk from machmas and kiss with I wouldn't be able to move it, okay? Because it's a mukzachamur. Okay, another example, the second example of muksa, the second type of muksa, which is also muksa chamur, is muksa de lo shayach lamidi. It's an object that has no um, designated, okay, that's a definition, maybe you'll gain more from examples that I'll give you. Dirt on the ground, stones on the ground, sticks on the ground, okay, garbage in, in, in a garbage, or rubbish, in a rubbish pan, rubbish bin. Um, kosher raw meat. Why I say kosher raw meat? Because it would be unkosher raw meat, it would be dog food, and dog food you have a purpose for on Shabbos. But kosher raw meat you have no purpose for on Shabbos. Um, and there are some that are of the opinion that money, coins and, and, and bills, money, is also lo shayach lamidi. That's a machukas achronim as to whether I relate to a coin when it comes to muksa as a category of a kli or not. The simple understanding is that a coin isn't a kli. Um, and if it wouldn't be a cleave, so it's a double low shakami that you have absolutely no purpose for it on Shabbos. Okay, you follow those? You can ask me, well, my telephone, I also have no purpose for it on Shabbos. I'd say, yes, but your telephone is a cleave. It's a utensil. No, it's mux also, but it's on a, lo- a lighter level of mux. Meaning a lighter and higher level? 
they're more isurim, they're, 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 they're more restricted. The more chamor, the more restricted you are for that object. Uh, I told you, the most restricted is case. And the halacha for something that's low shayach lamidi is a similar in this respect to kiss. In other words, you can't, you can't take a stone from your garden and use it with sarach gufo, which would be like a paperweight. You can't. It's moksa. You can't, okay? If you have a stone that, I don't know, your little baby brother came and put a stone on the table, you couldn't move the stone off the table with your hand because I need this in the makom. You're not going to be metatal. Even with sarach gufo, in sarach gufo, you can't be metatal these things because the moksa chamur, it's moksa moshayach lemidi. However, there is one more makal side of these things, in that you can do yichud or designation on Erev Shabbat. The person decides that he needs stones on Shabbat for whatever pastime he has on Shabbat that he needs stones for. Okay? He could be miyachid the stones for Shabbat. You pick up the stone and if it's perfect, a perfect stone for his purpose, let's say, I don't know, he wants to use it as a game, as a ball, as a perfectly round stone, so it would be enough for him just to decide, I want to use this song on Shabbat, and then it's already no longer Muktzah. If it's not perfectly what you would normally use it for, then you would have to do something physical to it to make it a little bit more appropriate. Even like dusting off a little bit of the dirt off the stone would be an action that would be enough for Yichud, and then it would no longer be considered uh, Muktzah. An interesting din that you have to be aware of is, let's say you have, let's say you have a shirt that's already all ripped up and you decided, I'm throwing out this shirt, I don't need it. You made that decision. So one could argue and say that's lo shayach lamidi. You know, it's an object where you have no use for it whatsoever. However, if another Jew would be very happy to wear that shirt, meaning for him it is shayach, even though for you it's not shayach, so all you need is one of the one Jew somewhere that would be happy to, to use that item the way it is, and it's not considered moksah. There's a rule that it can't be muksa for one person and not muksa for the other person. So even if subjectively you're a very picky person and you know certain things you just would never use, but if, if, if even one person, it doesn't have to be a row of people, even one person would use it, it doesn't make it uh, muksa. Okay? Yeah. But what if it, like, at that moment has no purpose, but there's another purpose out of it? For example, like, if the uh, ripped clothes, like, even, even if no one uses it, but then you can, then you can use it, like, to wash something, to wash uh, as a towel. Or use it as a towel. Yeah, if it would be used as a towel, then it, would, it wouldn't be considered muktzah. Yeah? Um, to the side, can you, like, so you, you know, like, push someone onto, like, a safer and then carry the safer? Yes, if you had, let's say, a cell phone on the table, and you put it safer at the, at the, on the side of the table, and you push the tail cell phone with the back of your hand, that would be tiltul kalachaya, and that'll be okay. Now you have it on the safer, and you take it with the safer. You, you carry the safer to whatever your your desk, mm-hmm. and then and let it slide off the safer onto the desk. That would be an example of tiltul minatsad. And, and in both cases, the case the example I gave with the cell phone, it would be mutu to do. The third type of muktza, which is also muktza chamur, is the dachi biyadayim. The dachi biyadayim, you did an action that pushed it out of your domain for Shabbat. The example that the Gemara gives is if a person put grapes on his roof, in the good old days they had flat roofs, 
and they used to use the, the roofs for different things. And one of the things they used it was to drying grapes. They took the grapes and they put it on the roof to dry. And let's say it's a process that takes two weeks, for argument's sake. Once they put it on the roof, putting it on the roof is an act of dachi biyadayim. Because you set it into, into a process where you know your decision was that you're not going to be eating the grapes for food. You're going to wait until they dry completely and become grapes. So that's a dachiya biyadayim. And it's moksa. Another example that's given, which some people is a separate category, is Eina Mitzapila As an example, if you have a healthy behemoth, you have a healthy cow on Shabbat, and all of a sudden, I don't know, lightning strikes it, or it gets attacked by wolves or something like that, and it's dead now. <coughs> and you want to use the meat to feed your dogs. So is this dead cow muktsa or not muktsa? So the halacha is it's muktsa because there's ainu mitzapela hatiro. You don't, you weren't expecting to use this cow for its meat. If it was a sickly cow and you were just just a matter of time, you were expecting it to die, and it dies on Shabbos, then you probably could use the the, the cow, for, you know, the carcass for meat. Um, and an, a corollary or an outgrowth of this same example would be something that is missing hachana. An apple falls from a tree in the middle of Shabbos. So while the apple is connected to the tree, obviously you can't eat it or use it because it's an issue of kotzer. Even to bite into the apple would be an issue of kotzer because it's connected to the ground. And anything you detach from the tree would be kotzer, would be would be harvesting, right? But now the apple, all of a sudden, wind comes and two apples fall off the tree. So the halacha is that these apples are moksa because of chaser hachana, meaning because before Shabbos, they weren't in a state that you could have eaten them. Because of the chisar and hachana, so they're considered similar to dacha biyadayim, right? And they're moksa. So the common denominator of all these three things are that they're very usable now. They're food even. They're very usable. But before Shabbos, the state was such that either, either by decision, by design, or by reality, you had basically, you know, decided that, that you weren't going to eat from them. And therefore, uh, they're considered moksa. It's not the same thing, by the way, if you have, you put a, you know, a box of cookies or biscuits in your pantry and you assume that you weren't eating on Shabbos and all of a sudden friends come over and now you want to eat it, putting it in your pantry and deciding I'm not going to eat it is not necessarily dach of It's not the same thing. Because when you put the grapes on the roof, you're actually doing an action that pushes it away from your, your consumption. Because in a matter of time, it's going to start to become mushy and softer until, until it completely dries. And that's dafka dach but just putting it into your pantry is not considered dach And the halacha by this also is the tzarach gufo and the tzarach mechomo and the tzarach gufo, you can't be metal to them. What? Hachana, hachana, preparation. Yeah, going into Shabbos. Okay, another type, yes. You can't, you can't eat, can you eat it? Can you allow your dogs, in theory, to get to it? You know? Yes, yes, because yes, you could because you could let your dogs, in theory, come and eat it because you're not doing, you're not moving. Mux is only it's a tilt. No, I mean in a sort of situation like that, you open the door, you open the door. Doesn't make You're not doing any malacha. It's not considered a malacha. Okay, the fourth type of muksa is nolad. Nolad is really different than any other type of muksa. Um, originally, the Gezerah of Nolad was in Israchila. In other words, Chazal would go there on something like an egg that is laid on Shabbat, or milk that comes from 
right, from a cow on Shabbat, they will go to Yisro Chila, you can't eat it. Afterwards, it's like another stage, they will go there, Yisro Tilto. Not only can't you eat it, but you can't even be metabolic. Uh, it's like a separate zera, okay? And Rabbanon will go there, um, Atu Yomtov Shachal, Shachal Biyom Shishi, you know, if, if Yomtov falls in, I'm not going to get into it, it's the beginning of Beit, so you go into why, like, why they were go there, but originally it was an Isra Achila that later became an Isra Tiltu. So the first type of Nolad is Nolad Gom, or the example I gave you with eggs and milk, okay? Is, that, is, this, is this the, um, the Rabbah? Achadra. Okay, anyway, um, the second type of Muks of Nolad is Nolad Mimin Acher. There's Nolad Gomor and now Nolad Mimin Acher. Nolad Mimin Acher is the object existed. In other words, unlike eggs and milk, where halachas we say it doesn't exist, it's part of the cow or hen, the cow or hen, Nolad Mimin Acher is something that did exist but was transformed on Shabbat. Um, and that, it's interesting. Um, it's also to cause this transformation of nola miminacher. Um, as an example, you can't take margarine and melt it in, into into oil and into, into liquid. If it's a solid, you can't melt it into liquid. Um, there's a problem of whipping cream, of taking a liquid and turning into a solid. You're not allowed to do it on Shabbat. Okay, those spray can things from the uh, it's a problem of nola. You can't you can't make a you can't cause a liquid to become a solid. Uh, on the issue of ice, so there, there's a A lot of poskim say you can't make ice on Shabbos. The Gemara says you can't melt ice in order to get water on Shabbos, but you're allowed to use ice cubes in, in your drink. Rav Shlomo Zamer Orbach Zetzal is of the opinion that if there's a real tzorach for the ice. It would be okay for you to take water and put it in your freezer and freeze it. And the, his reasoning is that ice to water is not a stable transformation because in an unnormal climate, uh, it won't remain ice. Once you put it into a special climate of the freezer, it becomes ice. But once you take it out of the freezer, it will more automatically on its own revert back to normal. And he says that there's room to be made if there's if it's a certain sorach of, of making ice on Chavez. Okay, um, rain halachically is not considered, rain and snow is halachically not considered no lot on Shabbos. In other words, if on Shabbos morning you wake up and all of a sudden, you know, a cup that you left out is now filled with water because it rained overnight, halachically that's not no lot. Chazal saw the rain as though it's existed in the clouds before Shabbos, and therefore they don't consider it a new bria, a new form, even though scientists realized it was a transformation from a gas, let's say, to well, liquid, halachically, Chazal didn't see it as nola. And therefore, rain is not moksa, and snow is not moksa. Okay? You're, there's no isu tiltu on snow. There might be other um, issues that we, you know, we could talk about snow, but there's no isu tiltu on snow. You could eat snow on Shabbos, even though it fell on Friday night. All right. Um, the fifth type of moksa is moksa machmat isu shebegufan. Moksa that has to do with the association of doing an Issa with this object, but these things are not kalim. They're not, they're not utensils. They're not kalim. Example? Muksa Mahmat Issa Shabagufan. The description is an object that is associated with doing a malacha. 
In other words, the normal use is to do a malach with it. Yeah, an example, firewood. Okay, it's not sticks outside. Sticks outside is loshayach lemidi. But let's say you have a stack of firewood next in, in your house, so you can't you can't be metalkel because it's a very good example is writing paper. Okay, writing paper. You have a, a sheet of loose leaf paper. It's muksa on Shabbos if it's blank. If it has something written on it, it's not muksa because you could, you know use it to read on Shabbos. Um, but loose leaf paper per se is muksa. And there's an interesting machloket whether if you have one of these loose leaves, what do you call them in England? Binders. What do you call them? The thing that clips close and and, and then you you know hold, you have the three holes in the page of paper. Three holes. A binder. A binder. Okay, a binder. Uh, the, but the blank writing, blank writing paper per se itself is muksa. You can't, you know, play with it to make an airplane or something like that. You can't use it on Shabbos. It's muksa. It's muksa chamer because you, you're always going to use it for normal. It's normal uses to do an isra. Uh, the Gemara gives another example of unprocessed skins. Uh, according to some poskim, money. Although I mentioned money before, bricks. Building bricks. What are you going to do with them on Shabbos? It's normal use of these bricks is to build a house, is to build or build something, right? Sand is also machman yisur shabagufan and moksa. A sand, sand, because what use do you have for sand? What do you use sand for? Most sand is used for building to warm up your feet or something. That's what you use. In, you have in your home. Do you have a little sand box to warm your feet up? Walk on the beach. The sand on the beach is like the dirt on the ground. It's all moksa. You can walk on it because it's not tilted to walk on something. You can lie down on it. You could lie down on it, but you can't grab take it. a scoop. You can't grab it in your hand. Like you can't grab dirt. You can't grab sticks or stones or anything. It's all moksa. What is sand used for? Huh? What is sand used for? Sand is used for construction. It's one of the major components of concrete. Without sand, we'd be in trouble. There'd be no construction nowadays. Sand. It's used for construction normally. What about a sandbox with little kids playing? So the answer is that that sand is muhan before Shabbat to be something you're going to play with, and that's okay. You could take sand and be and be say mechin, you know, prepare it to play with, and that's okay. It's not something I think adults should not sit in the sandbox and start digging, because even if you're mechin it, it's a problem of chofer of digging. I'm saying, do you have to, if you have a pre-existing one, do you need to uh, do anything, or do you just assume... A sandbox? Yeah. Pre-existing sandbox is muhan, it's a toy, it's a toy object. Nothing. And that's fine. Okay? Now, I just went over five types of muqsa, and the common denominator of these is they're all muqsa chamur, and it's also machmat mekomo, and machmat gufo, and also machmat atzmo. What's okay. muhan atzmo? Meaning, if you you want to move it for its sake, Gufo is using its mass for your purposes, and Atzma is for its own sake, for the for the object's sake. Okay, you leave your you and Makomo. You leave I don't know a bunch of writing paper out on the porch, and it's you, where it's going to rain. You want to move it inside, and it's moksa. You can't. What could you do? You could kick it inside. You could, or you could do tiltum and atzad. But regular tiltal is also to, to move. Okay. Well, we're getting now. We, we just spoke about five of the most homework. Now we're going to get to uh, the, the situations that you can move things. Grabbing your feet instead of grabbing your hand. The feet is, is, is clapping, yeah. Okay.
Now, there's one category that completely stands aside, separate from everything, but it still belongs here to be said right here and now, and that's Hukzol Mitzvata. Hukzol Mitzvata is an object that was designated for the purpose of doing a particular mitzvah. Hukzol Mitzvata. A good example would be a Havdala candle. Hukzol Mitzvata. The wonderful thing about Hukzol Mitzvata, let me give you more examples so you get in a picture when I'm talking about Havdala candle. Um, a bima that was designated only for the use of the Sefer Torah. Only as opposed to the swarim, as opposed to leaning on, as opposed to learning on. A bima of a Sefer Torah, if not, if the rabbi didn't make it tonight when, when they first used it, it becomes hoktza for using it for Sefer Torah, and you're not allowed to use it for anything else. And the fascinating thing is, even during the week, you know, this is a type of muktza that applies not only on Shabbat, but even during the week. Another good example, a washing cup. Those two-handled things that you buy in a farm store, okay? A washing cup. Its purpose is a mitzvah until you're dying. And therefore, unless you designate, you decide before you start using it, that I'm going to use it for any type of thing I want, you know, to wash the floor with or to for, for a water fight with my little sister, um, you can't. Because it talks about mitzvah. It's been designated for that particular mitzvah. Now, it could be that you could decommission it. It could be. You could decommission it. But as is, you know, as long as you, it's there for that purpose, it's Hoksa Mitzvata. The, the prime examples the Gemara mentions is a sukkah. The wood of a sukkah, while it's built in the sukkah, a person can't decide in the middle of sukkahs, in the third day of sukkahs, I call I don't know, I need, I need a plank of wood to... What do we need a plank of wood for? To, to to fix my deck. Uh, you can't. Even if it's Cholomoy. Or even to use it as, you know, for, for kids to use as a game, I don't know, to let it there. Toy car, right, seesaw. Well, the toy cars run down. You can't take a piece of the sukkah out because it's hooked so mitzvah for all the days of sukkahs. You get the designate beforehand that, that used. You can't decommission it in the middle of sukkahs. No, no, before. Let's say before you say that this is the this Yes. Is you could make a tonight beforehand that you don't want it only for sukkahs. You want to be able to take it off for other purposes. Yes. Are we, are we assume that most rap, like, I think so, because most B-mode are used for putting swarm on and elbows on. Okay, right, so usually the rabbi would probably have made some kind of tonight that's not only for a safer talk. Um, Avi Skidelsky, do you remember him? He used to go to the yeshiva, and not too long ago. Avi Skidelsky. He made me aware of a halacha that I was never aware of in almost 54 years. He asked me a shyly, he said, you'd fill in uh, boxes, you made out of plastic, you put your tefillin in them, each one has a separate box. He said, he said you notice that people like put their sitter on, on, on it, they prop their sitter up using those tefillin boxes, and the truth is I always used it for that purpose. He said, shouldn't it be a problem that, it, that it's hooked uh, I haven't found a hector for it, so since then I don't put my sitter on it. Um, while you're using them, they're hooked if, if you If something loses its, in other words, you no longer have a use for it, then it's decommissioned. Like people think that, like, a pair of tzitzis, you have to put in shames. And you don't. Once a tzitzis becomes ripped or not usable for you, they decommission by, by definition. And then it's not a problem to throw them out. I would recommend putting them into, let's say, a plastic bag, 
applying it on the bag and then throwing it out, but you can throw it on the regular rubbish because it doesn't. Have, it's kind of decommissioned. It's no box star to play a mitzvah or they should protect the mitzvah. Right. It's a Tashmish mitzvah, yeah. It's a ta- right, you're true. It's not a hooks mitzvah. You're not doing a mitzvah with him, but it's a Tashmish mitzvah. Um, okay, that's the sixth type. The seventh type of mitzvah is also... Yes, you can make a title for him. Oh, now can you make a tonight? After you started using it? I'm not sure. I have to look into it. Before you started, for sure, you can make a tonight. Before I even make a service. Whether you can do it afterwards, uh, I'll try to look into it. Okay. Um, make a dashboard. Trying to get it all in. Basis Ludovar Ha'asur. This is a fascinating type of muktzah. Basis is a basis. Same word. Ludovar Ha'asur for something that's Asur. Um... It has to be an, an object that is normally used as a base okay, for the also an example. Some people have like a little dish that they put next to their beds so they can empty out their, the change in their pockets and put, them, put it into a dish, right, the coins. So that, that dish is a bus's that also. If for some reason you decide, oh, I need that dish on Shabbos, so even though technically you could say, oh, I could do tiltul minatsad, what I'll do is I'll lift up the table that, that, and the dish will fall on the floor with all the coins, the coins will roll over. Whatever. I'll use the dish now. Because it's just a dish, it's not coins. And before Shabbos, you made it a Bar Dabar Asur. And therefore, the dish becomes Muktzah for all of Shabbos. Even if the coins are later disappear, or if your little sister takes the coins out of the thing, it doesn't make a difference. That dish is a bustle of Asa for all of Shabbos. And the most common example of bustle of Asur, the most common example of bustle of Asur is the candles, the Shabbos candles. Okay, a flame is muktza, and the candle is also muktza. And the candlestick, there could be a little bit of a discussion on, but Bipasha is also muktza, because it is a basis for that object. And there is, by the way, a bit of a basis with basis with basis. But in any case, now you have it on the table. Or on a tray, and the tray is on the tablecloth, and you want to change the tablecloth and shop it. Now the candles are out because if they would be lit, it'd be a different issue to move it. You wouldn't be able to move lit candles, okay? But the candles are out. But now I have a double muktzah on the tablecloth, and the tablecloth is double uh, a bus is double so the table is a bus is double also. How do I do it? How do I change the tablecloth? So the answer is you can't. It's a bus is double also. Now yes. Um, there is a way of of ma- making sure that it doesn't become a basis of asur before Shabbos. But if it did become basis of asur, the basis takes on the halacha of muktzah of whatever object it is a basis to. Like if it's a, a tray that's holding raw meat, so it has a din of the raw meat. If it's a tray that holds your cell phone, let's say there's you have a little holder that you put your cell phone a little I don't know bowl you put your cell phone in, then it would take on the din of the cell phone. Which we haven't gotten to yet, because um, it's a cleat. But that's the din of the buses. Now, what are the rules when it comes to buses? Number one, one person can't make a buses of an object that doesn't belong to him. If your roommate decides to put your his phone on on your safer before Shabbos, it doesn't make you say you say for buses because it doesn't belong to him. Uh, you know, it's not an example. He decides to put his change into your dish. It can't make your dish awesome because one person can't make another person things awesome. It also has to be a normally designated place. In other words, normal use. 
you normally put your, your change in, you know, in that in, in in that dish, and that's where the dish becomes a bus of the varasa. Okay, if you just if you just throw your change, not even thinking, you just throw it on the counter and lands on your kippa, as an example, it doesn't make your kippa a bus of the varasa. It could make it a varasa if you willingly, knowingly say, "Oh, I'll keep my change in my kippa." In this way, I'll know, remember where it is or whatever, and then you just made your, your keeper uh, moktza. But if you didn't do it willingly, it just fell there, or, or you didn't even think about it, that doesn't become a bustle. There also, unless it's a designated place. Just a moment. Um, if you have a bosses, if you have a base, let's say, like a table, that has a davar mutar and a davar asr on it before Shabbos, then it becomes a bosses, a davar mutar, a davar See how the term just fits right into the definition? It's no longer buses the Devar also. Now, some posts can hold that the Devar Amutar has to be more valuable than the Devar also. And some say it has to be in, in absolute value, but others say, no, valuable could be objective value for that moment. As an example, some people take a venture and they put it on the tray where their candle, Shabbos candle lighting and then, and, and basically create the tray to be a bosses of the Mutavar Asur, assuming that the bencher, you know, on Shabbos is something that has a lot of value. There are other people that are not good. No, you have to find something that has equal or more value to the candlesticks. And that's why people sometimes will use like a diamond ring to, you know, decommission the, the bosses of the Asur. And it has to be done before Shabbos, before, before Shkira Chama. You have to have the, the ring on the, uh, on the tray, but again, there's some that say it doesn't have to be a question of value. It could even be something like a bencher or, or a sitter or something like that, and that solves your problem also, such that when the candles burn down and you had the sitter there, you could go ahead and move it. Now, the sitter does not have to be there three hours later when you want to move the tray. All the sitter has to be is on the tray throughout Benesh from the time the sun sets until Tzeruk Chavim. If later you need the sitter or the bencher, you could take it. Because the time that was Koveya Muktza was Beinashmashot, and that's already finished. Um, if you didn't have intention that the Dover Muktza be there during Beinashmashot, it also wouldn't make it into a Basis Dover Asu. So you put down your, your, your change on, on, on your kippa for a, for a few minutes when you go to shower, but you were planning on taking your change. You, when you put it down, you thought, I'm going to take my change off of there before Shabbos, and you forgot. That also wouldn't be considered a buses. Okay? Um, it's a shame. I have a couple of more things to do, but should we go for it? I can only do it. I can only try to finish Muktzah if there are no questions. Shall we try? We'll do it next week. You have to ask me questions some other time. The eighth type of Muktzah is Muktzah Kalim. A Kli, as we said, is not a vessel. It's a utensil. Um, two types of Muktz of Kalim, we could be subcategories. One is Klishomachtel Isser, like a hammer, uh, a screwdriver is a Klishomachtel Isser, and arguably a cell phone is a Klishomachtel Isser. I heard people saying as far that if you use yourself, it's, if it's a type that's constantly on, like the old fashioned ones, and you could look, use it as a clock, that maybe that would uh, make it into a Klishomachtel Heter. Isol the heter, and may perhaps allow it, but the smartphones ain't so it, it goes out. You, right, you can't use it for anything but a smartphone. So it's a kli shemachtel iser. It's a kli, and because it's a kli, its halacha is le- is less chomer than the other ones I, we spoke about until now. 
There's another interesting Muksat Kalim, and that's a Kli Shetz also because of Machmat Melachto. This is a little known Muksadin that's always asked on the Rabbanut test. And the example I can give that will help Machmat Melachto. In other words, it's not that you do an Isu with a Kli, but via this Kli, you usually do an Isu. I better give you the example because I'm not defining it well. A telephone book. Do you remember what those are? No. They stopped printing them. They're yellow. They're yellow. Some of them are yellow, some of them are white. A telephone book. The, the primary use for a telephone book is to look up a telephone number in which you would then dial the telephone number, which is also on Shabbos. So that's a cliche. Machmat melachto is moksa. You know, this designated use is always con- in conjunction with a melacha, even though melacha is not technically being done with it. So what is the halacha of these moksa kalim? So the halacha is, it's mutter matzat gufan. What does it mean, mutter matzat gufan? I could use a, a hammer as a, a paperweight. I could use a telephone book to put on a chair that a child or a short person, or a vertically challenged person, sit on the chair to be higher up. I'm not using it to look up a phone number. I could use a telephone book to look up an address of a friend that I want to visit on Shabbos. Or if, or if I just enjoy memorizing telephone books on Shabbos, I could use it for that too. Because, because all those things are considered Mahmad Gufan, not the normal use, but it's still the mat, you're using the object, it's not its normal use. The, the famous example with a hammer is to use a hammer to crack open walnuts, or almonds, or macadamia nuts, or Brazil nuts. Whichever, whatever one you prefer. Okay, um, would also be 100% mutter to use a hammer for that purpose. Huh? I just gave you one head of Mahmoud Gufan. You could lift the phone up as a paperweight. But I don't want to use that to call the one Oh, so the next hetter is Mahmat Makomo. When it comes to Kelim, there are Asur, it's mutter to move a, t- a Kli off a table because you want to use the table. Or off a chair because you want to sit on the chair. And you lift it up, you, you left your cell phone on, on a table, you just lift it up once it's in your hand, you can walk anywhere in the house and put it wherever you have to put it. It doesn't have to be in the nearest place. Once it's in your hand, you can go ahead and, and, and walk and put it away. Not only that, I know what's in Avi's mind. You could even do a harama and say, I want to learn in this spot, even though there's another spot right a couple of inches away on the table. No, I want this spot where my telephone is. And you can go ahead and move the telephone and come back and open the, open the book on that spot. That's also okay. Um, and the reason why Muktzah is more kal than these other things is because it's not hooktzah midata lagamre. It's not completely out of his mind or out of his designation of use, because it's a cleave. And kalim are more, so to speak, accessible, usable. The ninth type of muktza is machmat mius. Mius, meaning it's disgusting, it's revolting. It's an object that's so revolting that it disturbs me. You know, Even being in front of me disturbs me. Um, as an example, refuse that's left on the table is really muktza machmat mius. If it's mos, it's muktza, it's, it, it's also. You can't just move it. If you have something that spoils on Shabbos, like say someone left the chicken soup out, and the next morning it smells all kinds of bad smells, okay, that's muktzah is you can't move it. It's mos. Oh, it could be that the emtza Shabbat wouldn't be a problem. But let's say if something was mos from before Shabbos, you wouldn't be able to smell it. It's mos. Now, there is a heter called graf shorei. Graf shorei literally means a bedpan. Defecate into or whatever, you know, 
Rashi, it's a heter that Chazal were mekil because of Kavod Adam that you don't need smelly things in your house in your room. So you're allowed to move a davar that's mahus, even if it's muktza, out of your house or out of a room if it's smelly, or into a bucket where you can cover it and not smell up the room. That's a heter of graf shorei. That's the, the heter. Obviously, let's say a child, you know, soils a diaper. So the diaper is now muktza machman mahus mius. You can't move it around. You could move it for only the purpose of putting it into, let's say, a bag, close it somewhat so it shouldn't smell, or to get it out of the house. But after that. You can't just be moving it around. And lastly, this is the, 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 this is a great one. It's called muksa shalolit klal. and it doesn't necessarily include a particular object, but nonetheless, it's din of muksa. I remember when I was in Rav Soloveitchik's Atzal Shir, him describing this type of muksa. He said, a person, um, a person who would pick up a four, a, pick up a, a pen. And use it as a bookmark. If I would do such a thing, he said, a person think when I'm, I'm a shegitz, but it would be mutter because I could use a pen as a bookmark because a pen is a kli, and I could use it to, to, to hold my place in the book. However, another person that's fiddling with his fork at the table, you would think he's a tzaddik. And no, it's an isomuksa of shalot tiltu shalot moving any object for no purpose whatsoever. Um, the only things that are not included in this isser is food and books, being the thing, things that are most needed for Jews and Shabbos, uh, food and books. That you'll have to just move around shalot tzor cloud. But fiddling with your fork, to stop moving things around, the person shouldn't do on Shabbos. Even in, in, oh, so I believe you're right, that if a person enjoys, like the famous twirl of the pen, or twirl, you want to twirl your fork, or, you know, it helps relieve your tension, twirling your, your fork at the table, I think that that would be mutter, because that wouldn't be considered lowest or cloud, especially in our day and age where entertainment has such high value that it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Um, it would probably be mutter, because that would be considered litzorek. <laughs> now, let me just mention quickly, very quickly, some heterim that I might not have mentioned before. There's a heter of kavod abriot. I mentioned about Graf Shorei, that was a, that was a specific Hetar uh, Zera, but any type of thing, Kavra Briot, uh, what we, the example of the Mara gives Kavra Briot is if there's a dead body, that's normally Muktza, in the sun, and it's, you know, it's not good if he starts to decompose, so you're allowed to be Metaltel with Kavra Briot, but let's say a person finds himself in a situation where the only way, he goes to the bathroom, and the only way to clean himself is with a Dover Muktza, because a cover of Brio to clean himself, he'd be allowed to be metaltel dover mukza. Huh? What would the mukza thing be? Let's think creatively. A roll of toilet paper. Shabbos, the rolls, mukza. On Shabbos is mukza. Am I right or wrong? The mukza. What are you going to use a roll of toilet paper with? They're all connected. It's a roll of toilet paper. What do you. Nobody uses that on Shabbos, right? Huh? It's mukza. But let's say a person finds himself in a situation within the toilet where there's no other toilet paper. Now, obviously, you can't rip it, at least not in some kind of a normal way. But let's say you, go, you find some creative way to rip it or whatever. One could use it without ripping it, and it would be a problem. You, you overcome the issue of muktza. Maybe I'm thinking a little too creatively. But these situations that almost everybody usually finds himself in. So what's, what's the hatter where you don't rip it on the... 
a couple of weeks ago we spoke about this of Korea, and, and according to Chazamish, if you haphazardly rip something, that's not not even a Korea If you do it on the lines, that's too succinct. I personally would, I don't know if I would use my fingers. If I was in that situation, I would find something more creative, like my elbows or something, to try to rip it. But, yeah, that's a Dover Muk, so that would be Mutter, because of Kavar Abriyo. Okay, next. Um, if something is dangerous, and it doesn't have to be life-threatening, let's take a, a shard of glass that's on the floor. shard of glass is muktza. It's Oshayach Lamidi, among the highest forms of muktza, meaning Chomer forms of muktza. You're allowed to pick up that piece of glass and move it such that no one should, you know, hurt themselves on it. You're allowed to move anything in order to, you know, that if you're worried that, a, let's say, a young child will swallow something... Or someone's going to cut themselves or trip on something, etc. If that's your purpose, you could really move anything. Let's make believe we don't say shalom We're talking about hurting yourself. If you're going to hurt yourself, you're allowed to move something uh, if, if, to prevent nesek will go. There are some that hold that you're allowed to be metaltal muksa in order to save yourself from hefsei. That's a machlokat achronim. Some say no, some say yes. And because it's Machlok Lechronim, I would tell you, you're better off trying to do the old Kalach Ayad or Tiltuminatzad for this Hefseid issue, but there are some that say even Hefseid. Okay? Um, by the way, Hefseid is not, is lost. Not if you're like walking down the street and you see $300 on the street and there's an Arif in your town. There you can't say, oh, if I leave it there, that's a Hefseid, that's a loss. No, that's not a loss, that's just lack of gain. You wouldn't be able to be metal for the money. And you drop you what you could no you couldn't cover you wouldn't be able to cover it with something but you would be able to kick it to the side if there's if there's an eruv to a place perhaps that people wouldn't notice it. if there's an eruv you'd be able to kick it all right yeah why is that because it's not a chisarn if it's not yours and you can't make a kinyan on Shabbos if it's not yours you're not losing something oh what do you mean oh I'm sorry is something delicate that's designated special. Money, dollar bills, is was the second. It is muktzachamer. It is muktzachamer. You can't move with your hands. You can't do normal tilto with dollar bills ever. You could kick it. No, you could kick it, which not is not considered tilto. Okay. Next, if something is in your hand, beheter, you let it be metalplate, meaning to walk and put it anywhere you have to put it. Next halacha, um, if you have a person who's ill, meaning a person who's bedridden. And this bedridden person needs something that's muktza, or has some need for neither chola yiladavim metaltal muktza. But so chola, even a chola she'enbo sakana, yiladavim metaltal muktza. Amir la'akum is completely mutter when it comes to muktza. In other words, you could always ask a non-Jew, Christopher, could you do me a favor, could you bring my, my cell phone in from outside? That's not a problem. You could say it directly. You don't have to hint. You don't have to do any tricks. That's all, folks.